And welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. Where for today's issue and shear, we're going to explore the Yom Kippurim and how exactly the day that is referred to as Yom Kippurim is actually, as the Arizal says, a day that is like Purim. We're very familiar with this idea. We've probably heard it at least several times at two different times during the year. One time reasonably during Yom Kippur. Its other title is Yom Kippurim, which literally means the Day of Atonement or Atonements. But once again, as the Arizal understands it, it is a Yom, it is a day that is Kippurim, a day that is like Purim. So the other time of year that you usually hear ideas like this is at this time of year. At the moment of this recording, it is Leil Purim. So once again, a Freilichim Purim. But the question we have to try to address is what is the basis for comparison between the two holidays, between Yom Kippur and Purim, two holidays which could not seem more different from one another. So where exactly is the starting point to suggest a connection between Yom Kippur and Purim? That's question number one, and it's really a twofold question because the follow-up question is the implication, which I'm sure you've heard, is that if Yom Kippur is merely a day that is Kippurim, that it is a day that is like Purim, what that seems to mean is that it is not quite as high and elevated, it is not quite as great as as Purim is. It is a day that is like Purim, but Purim apparently is the apex, and Yom Kippur is somehow in second place. So that's another question that we really have to try to understand, because Yom Kippur, to most of our knowledge, is Kodnesh HaKadosh, and is the Holy of Holies, it is one of the most spiritually elevated days. If we could think of any one holiest day of the year, it would be Yom Kippur. And then when you get to Purim, when you think about Purim, Purim, at least the way we observe it today, does not even have the status of a Yom Tov in the classical sense, in that there is no Isra Malacha. There is a discussion in the Gemara whether or not there was a point in time when Purim was originally going to be instituted as a Yom Tov, like the ones that we have, a Yom Tov Derabanan that's comparable to the, uh, the Shlosh Rugalim, for example, that, that it would have an Isra Malacha. But at the end of the day, that never held, and the Purim that we observe is filled with Malacha, and many other things that we would not consider to be the holiest. And we'll talk exactly about what those things are as we explore them, the answers to these questions. But before we do, I'll just mention that if you enjoy Shurim like this one and want to partner up with us and you want to give a sponsorship, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data than base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. If you want to make a sponsorship or if you have questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations for Shurim like this and others, just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. Now, once again, we return to our questions. So we've been talking about, one, how... The two days are not even similar. And then when you would even try to think of comparing the two days, not only are they opposite, but it seems to be that Yom Kippur clearly is in the, is in the direction of holiness and greatness. If we could think of any day on the Jewish calendar that would fit such a bill, it would be Yom Kippur. And Purim, you think about the way Purim is practiced. Maybe you can say it's malpracticed. But the way Purim is practiced and the way um, the, the way we are no hague to act, even sometimes on what seems to be a lichat level, does not seem to really be in the same direction. We would we would probably think of Purim as being a more of a, mon, a more of a mundane sort of day. Think about how, for example, on Yom Kippur, the holiness, it stems from abstinence, from fasting, from being like, like malachim. Um, we, we literally act like malachim, doing what malachim do by not eating, not drinking, and just engaging in the, 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 the shir and the shavach of Hashem. 
That's abstinence. What is Purim? Purim is a day of indulgence. It's a day of intoxication. When you think back to Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is all about the Kohen Gadol and the Kodesh HaKadoshim, a place where there is absolutely no room and tolerance for intoxication. Um, you know, Purim is a day where we all try to work on our tolerance of, of, of intoxication. Some people are better than others, but, the, but, there's no, but there's no allowance, no tolerance for such a thing. Yain v'sheichar, um, even though there's no sheichar on Purim, at least, um, you know, there's, there's no mitzvah of sheichar on Purim. But the point is that in the Kodesh HaKadosh and Yom Kippur, you could never envision such a thing. There isn't even eating on Yom Kippur. And yet on Purim, we have this seemingly the highest or the lowest, however you want to put it, level of indulgence. So, uh, so that once again, that, that makes Purim seem to be, in a, in a certain sense, very mundane. And we mentioned that Purim does not even have the status of a Yom Tov. And we know that Kedusha is reflected by Isra Malacha, right? which is why Shabbos has an even higher level of Kedusha than Yom Kippur, because um, or because they are, uh, when it comes to Shabbos, the, 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 the level is greater. So, but the, but the point the point is that the higher up in Kedusha you go, the, the, the less Malachi you're allowed to do. So we know that Shabbos and, and Yom Kippur, for example, are, have more Kedusha than the, the Kedusha of the other Yom Tov, the Shalosh Golem, where you're allowed to cook for the needs of Ochel Nefesh, for the needs of eating. So there's a higher level of Kedusha. Purim, once again, we have no such restrictions in terms of Malach. So certainly in, by the technical uh, standards. Um, Purim does not seem to have nearly the amount of Kedusha as Yom Kippur. So the question, once again, is what, what, what is even the starting point? The starting point to compare Purim and Yom Kippur, where, again, where do you, where do you start? Now, it could be part of the answer has to do with the differences between Yom Kippur and Purim. Right, right, right at the moment, we've been looking at um, the differences between Yom Kippur and Purim as a basis for not just 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 difference, but as a basis to suggest the Yom Kippur is higher. But maybe there that, that's part of the secret of Purim, as we'll try to hopefully uncover. Um, but uh, but as we go along, let's look at some further contrasts between Purim and Yom Kippur, because sometimes when something when when two things are so. Um, um, I guess you can, or if we can use the term diametrically opposed, the things that are, uh, are polar opposites of one another, that can already be the basis for some kind of comparison, just naturally. You see two things, right? We talk about Adeli being Araham and Baruch Mordechai. So if, if, if there is such possibility, the, the question is, where's the starting point to even compare the two? So to, to you know, I guess the, 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 more, the, the more you engage in, in, in Puraya, the more you engage um, it, um, you know, the, perhaps the more you realize the similarities between the two, right? So maybe hopefully we'll get to a point where we reach Adliyada, Bain Yom Kippur Lepurim, Bain Purim Le Yom Kippurim, but at the, at the very least, hopefully, we will see a little bit of a difference, just enough to know that Purim is, is somehow greater to understand the Arizal properly. So let, 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 let's, let's start with that. So one of the things we mentioned is the, the idea of fasting uh, versus feasting, right? But if you think about it, surrounding Yom Kippur and surrounding Purim, even though Yom Kippur in our observance is a day of fasting and Purim is a day of mishtah, is a day of seuda, it's a day of feasting, but surrounding Yom Kippur, there actually is a, an aspect of feasting and surrounding uh, Purim, there's actually an element of fasting as well. Because for those who were following halacha in the most appropriate way and were able to, you fasted today. At the moment of this recording, it was it was um, it was Tanis Esther today, so you fasted right before 
he started engaging in any sort of festivities and the feasting that we're going to be doing tomorrow, it was all preceded by the fast of Esther, Tinus Esther. Now, let's think back to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a day of fasting, but right pre-Yom Kippur is, is one of the, you know, the famous mitzvahs of Achila, the mitzvah of eating on the ninth of Tishrei, and as the Gemara tells us in Yoma, that, that eating and in a sense indulging in, in Achila on the ninth of Tishrei is considered as though you fasted on Yom Kippur itself. But what's the point? The point is you have a mitzvah of Achila preceding Tzom Kippur and the highness of Yom Kippur, and yet we have by Purim, interestingly enough, in the opposite direction. We have a mitzvah of fasting, even though it was a later institution, but we have an, an inyan of fasting which precedes the feasting of Purim, which almost seems to suggest that one is a lead into the other, that the tefillah, the, the fasting, and the urgency, and the seriousness of Tainus Sester is a, somehow a build-up to the feasting of Purim, and apparently with Yom Kippur, it's the other way around. So apparently the, there's the build-up from Tainus Sester to Purim, the build-up from the ninth of Tishrei to Yom Kippur itself. And um, well, one element we could also add is the, the element of slichos. Right? Uh, we say we say slichos on Tainus Esther. It's um, you know if if we could think of the most slichos that we say in all of Adar, <laughs> naturally is going to be in Tainus Esther. And yet when it comes to Yom Kippur, the the least slichos that we say on any days that we're saying slichos at all is going to be on Erev Yom Kippur. Erev Yom Kippur is the most abridged slichos you could find. And yet, Yom Kippur itself is a day filled with slichos, um, a slichos of which we do not find on Purim itself. There is no Indian of slichos on Purim. There is an Indian, however, of the Koach HaTzfilah, Tzfilah being very powerful. And perhaps this already now is a little bit of a basis of comparison. Because right? when it comes to Purim, we have an Esratzen of Tzfilah. We know that, the, that it's brought down in Halacha, Kalaposha Yad Nosenlo, whoever stretches out their hand, we're supposed to give them. Right, we, we and we we we're not bodek. We don't we don't investigate. We don't try to search them out to see if they're if they're legitimate. Um, we just give them, and we and um, and the Baal Shem Tov and perhaps many many others suggested that kala poshayad nostimlo is not just a statement about um, about halachic observance of tzedakah on Purim and matanas levionim. Um, but it is uh, it is an Indian in tefillah as well that if we extend our hands, to, so Hashem is not going to turn us away completely empty-handed. We're going to get something. Something will come out of our tefillahs. Well, that happens to be a similar um, circumstance to what we find in Yom Kippur, where Dirshu Hashem behimatzao. When is that? During the Aser Shuva, we search Hashem where He can be found. And the height of it, the height of the Aserah Simei Tshuva is for sure Yom Kippur, where we are the closest to Hashem. Imagine the Elah, where the gates are closing, but which gates? The gates that had previously been opened, the, the Sharei Tefillah, which are starting to close, and um, of course the Sharei Dima um, during, during Yom Kippur. So the, that which we work up to for Ne'ilah, there seems to be apparently a level of that on Purim as well. So we have the, the Indian of the, of the Koach HaTzfilah perhaps being a basis for comparison, and if you, if, you, if you need, you know, further allusions to such connections, so there, there are some who have pointed out that the word that we say in our Yom Nuroim Davening, Uvechein Tein Pachtecha, so the word Uvechein um, comes actually from Esther Hamalka. When she said that she was going to go into the king, she uses the same lotion of Uvechein. Now, this is brought down 
in the tour and the Avud Raham, they explain the connection apparently between this uh, this, this paragraph of the Kedushas Hashem from the Shemun Esrei, the Amidah of Yom Nerayim. It contains an allusion to the Purim story. Vechain um, is the same lashon that we say, the same lashon that Esther said when she was about to go into the king. And think about Esther going into the inner chambers, the the Chadre Chadarim of Achashverosh. And think about the Kohen Gadol, who's also going in to beseech the Melech Malchei Amlech HaMakadosh Baruch Hu on behalf of Klal Yisrael. So the same thing is really happening. Esther, in the guise, um, as it were, of the Kohen Gadol, going into the Melech, and we know that the Melech in the Megillah is also, um, the, the, is also a reference to the Melech Malchei Amlech HaMakadosh Baruch Hu, And that's exactly what's happening on, on Yom Kippur as well. And which is also the basis for the way some people um, read in Parag Vav, Megillus Esther, as they're laning it, that when they read about the king's sleep being disturbed, so if you, if you were listening to Parsha Par, um, um, Days this week, you heard it, where they, they read it to the tune of HaMelech, um, as it said on during Yamim Norayim, right? to allude to the fact that the real Melech, the real Melech who's also not, uh, not, not prepared to take a slumber at this moment because of what Klal Yisrael is going through um, and what, what's about to happen in the story. So um, the Melech Malchim, Malchim Kosh is also on the move, not just Achashverosh. And there are other such connections. So, for example, in Unasana Tokef, we discuss um, the Sefer HaZichronos, which Ume Elav Yikare. The Sefer HaZichronos, the Book of Chronicles, which we find in both the Megillah and we find in Yom Noroyim, the which um, which re- which the book that reads itself. And the 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 Gemara in Megillah actually points this out. The Megillah in um, I believe it's Tesvavim base that um, it says that the words were nikra'in, they were read. And uh, the Gemara explains that the words of the, of the, of the book of Chronicles, the Sefer Zachronos, literally read themselves um, when uh, um, it, they read themselves before Achashverosh. In the same vein, the Sefer Zachronos that Hashem has, um, who is Siskar Kalanishkachos, so um, his uh, Sefer Zachronos, um, as it were, reads itself to Hashem. So we, we see here uh, a bunch of, of of many connections, the question once again is is what these all mean. Um, but but again, just to, just just to point out that there's there's something to be said about these. And you think about also the point of Kol Aposhe Yad. Just parenthetically, we can connect that to Esther, who extended her hand and was hoping that the king would extend the sharvet, the scepter, back to her. So and and if we know that if the king doesn't extend the scepter to her, um, if 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 the king is not nosnin la. Or to or whoever is reaching out their hands, that person's going to die. Think about the Kohen Gadol, where if Hashem does not reach out His hand to embrace the Kohen Gadol, then the Kohen Gadol would also die in the Kodesh Hakadoshim. So um, this, uh, you know, this is obviously a very poignant connection to try to understand just where these two Chagim, perhaps, or these two. Uh, Moadim or Yom Tovim, whatever, we, the, however, which way we could refer to them, this is where they apparently meet. But the question that we still have to understand is what puts Purim above Yom Kippur? We were able to note some connections, and I'll just throw one more out there. Both Purim and Yom Kippur are actually days of, I would call it not just Kabbalah Satorah, 
but re-Kabbalah Torah or re-commitment to the Torah. Because think about how Yom Kippur came at the end of the period of Teshuvah that was done for the Chet Egel, the Bnei Israel who indulged at the Chet Egel and who prostrated themselves before and bound to the golden image. And yet we find at the end of Yom Kippur, what happens after the luchos were shattered on Shavas or Batamas, now the new luchos were brought down, the second, the second set, and this was a recommitment to the Torah. And think about how Purim was the result, as Chazal tell us, from the Bnei Israel indulging at the Seuda of Oso Rasha, indulging in the Seuda of Achashverosh, and bowing to the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, perhaps uh, not so different from the from the Egel itself, which you can argue whether or not it was a Vodazara, pseudo Avodazara, wasn't really a Vodazara, but it was a certain indulgence that they were not supposed to have. But the point is that we see that at the end of Megillah Sester, that Kimu of a Kiblu, and as Chazal say, Kimu Masha Kiblu Kfar, that they fulfilled, they um, that they that they instituted and set up and completely accepted um, or fulfilled that which they had, that ex- they had accepted earlier. And what do um, Chazal tell us particularly about the difference between the Kabbalah Satora that took place on Shavuos and the Kabbalah Satora, perhaps you might argue, that took place on Yom Kippur versus the Kabbalah Satora that took place on Purim. And this Kabbalah Satora was a Kabbalah Satora that did not involve Ones, it did not involve Har Kigigis. There was no coercion, there was no Yira in the acceptance of the Torah in the times of Purim. But the Kabbalah Satora, the re-Kabbalah Satora that took place on Purim was one out of complete ahava, out of complete love and pure commitment coming from the, you know, there was intrinsic motivation in the Kabbalah Satora of Purim, which perhaps starts to give away a little bit the secret of the difference between Yom Kippur and Purim. Because even though we can argue that Yom Kippur is certainly a time of Ahava to a certain extent. It's a time of Rachamim, a Rachamim Bedin. The, the Ramban talks about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. One of them is Din Barachamim, one of them is Rachamim Bedin. Um, we, we spoke about this in the past in our Yom Noraim series, so you can go back to hear all the details on that. But there's certainly Din involved in Yom Kippur. There's certainly Yira, unavoidable Yira when it comes to Yom Kippur. When you think about Purim, Purim is a day of Kulo Ahava. Think about the differences in level of Teshuva. Teshuva Meira versus Teshuva Meahava. If Purim would be any of the two, it would for sure be Teshuva Meahava, which we know is far greater than Teshuva Meira. Because Teshuva Meira can turn, shiga, um, uh, it can turn Zedonos to Shigogos, it can turn um, purposeful Averos, Averos that you did with intent, to unintentional Averos, which are not as bad. But what does Shuvah Me'ava do? It could take Zdonos and turn them to Zchuyos. It could turn intentional sins into merits. So certainly, if Purim is the day of Shuvah Me'ava, then it would, it would certainly be a notch above Yom Kippur. Not only that, but what about the limits of Yom Kippur? We know that Yom Kippur can be mechaper for a lot of different things, a lot of different kinds of Averos, some of the strictest Averos that you can do against Hashem. Right, um, and well, think about the worst of errors, whether it's breaking Shabbos, whether it's, um, you know, um, really think, think of any Avera, tshuva, um, the, the Tshuva for it, and the Kapara for those Averos, in part, are, um, can, be, can be helped with, with uh, Yom Kippur. However, there's one class of Averos that Yom Kippur, all the Yom Kippurs in the world will not be Mechaper for, and those are Averos that are Ben Adam Lach Avero. 
sure, all the Averis between you and the omnipresence. So Hashem, it's within His domain to be able to forgive for those things, and a kapara can be granted. But tshuva, um, a tshuva for an avera that's ben adam lachavero, the kapara for such an avera between man and his friend, between peers, where can you find such a thing? And the answer is, we find that on Purim. Think about all the mitzvos that were instituted to create ahava and reus between people, not just between us and Hashem, but the matanos levyonim, the mishlach manos ishlereyehu, just giving things to each other, eating together, singing together, all the things that we do, mishten simcha, Right, and not just the simchas kreso, the simcha of, 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 of filling up your stomach, but the simcha, as the Rambam says, of giving to the ani. That's, that's the truest simcha, but not just is it the truest simcha, but the highest potential for tshuva and kapara for averus that are benedam lachavero, something that Yom Kippur itself cannot even do. And we find on Purim the possibility the, um, to, to do such a thing, to, to get a complete tshuva, a complete kapara from such averos. And then we come back to one of the big differentiations we made between Yom Kippur and Purim. And that is that Yom Kippur, which clearly seems to be the day of Kula Ruchnius, so we are completely, completely immersed in spirituality, something that's higher than any other day of the year, supposedly. And Purim, if you could think of the most seemingly mundane day on our schedule, even our, you know, even, even our fast days for Averis, which we did, Shavasar Batamas, for example, Tishabav, you know, Chet Egel, Chet Maragam, think about the worst things we've ever done. So we make up for it on the fast days by, you know, by, by, by doing the right thing then. But Purim is a day where it seems to almost be no holds barred. Now, I'm not arguing that it is no holds barred. There's, I, I believe, and I've spoken about in the past on Real Talk Torah, that there's certainly restrictions. Um, there, there's a, you know, it's, a, it's a very narrow bridge. Kolo olam kolo. Certainly the olam of Purim is a gesher tzara ma'od, and there's certainly a wrong way to do it. But all of that said, the nature of the celebration, where the, the hallmark of the celebration is mishteh and, and simcha and se'uda and even... Um, like where, where you know where, where in the world are we trying to get to on Purim in such a very strange way but this perhaps is the Chiddush of Purim Purim is not a Yom Tov in the classical sense it's not a day of Isser Malach it's not a day perhaps of Kedusha per se and the day of Yom Kippur for sure is a day of being mavdil ben kodesh lechol. We might even argue, in a certain to a certain extent, it's being mavdil ben kodesh lekodesh. Right? It's certainly higher than other yom tovim. You know, we can have the discussion again about the levels of kedusha between Shabbos and, and yom kippur. The pashtus is that Shabbos is a higher kedusha, um, though yom kippur has a certain degree of Shabbos in it. It's referred to as Shabbos Shabboson. It is kodesh hakadoshim. But all of that said, it's a day about being mavdil ben kodesh lechol. And the way to achieve closeness to Hashem on Yom Kippur, there's only one costume that we dress up in on Yom Kippur. It's dressing up like a malach, dressing up like the Kohanim. We do dress for the occasion. We do have a certain costume on Yom Kippur. Another connection, this um, I believe I have heard from my, my brother, um, Rav Daniel, once upon a time. That's the costume of Yom Kippur. But the costume of Purim, ooh, the costume of Purim, Seems like it could be literally anything, right? The, the, it, it, can, it can be anything because on Purim, there's a special ability to tap into 
one's relationship with Hashem, the kapara, the tshuva me'ahava, the, the, the different levels of elevation. I don't know if we call it ruchnius or we call it kedusha, but the different level that you can reach on Purim doesn't require you to abstain like a malach. Apparently, it is within the indulgence. It's within the indulgence that we're able to connect to Hashem in this world, not like malachim, but like people. And not just people, but, pe- but very physical people that we're able to somehow not necessarily be mafdel ben kodesh l'chol, but to be makadesh l'chol. And as we've mentioned in the past, it is, it is, since it is a narrow bridge, you've got to be really, really careful and not to be mechalel, Kedusha in in the middle of your attempt to be um, um, to be mekadesh the chol right we have to we have to carefully differentiate between being mechalul kodesh and being mekadesh chol but the but the the climax of Purim is our ability to not just be fully involved in spirituality something that we could only do on one day a year Yom Kippur but something that we can do on a different one day of the year Purim is to be fully in, engaged in indulgence in this world. And to still do it in a way of avodas Hashem, do it in a way of Ratzon Hashem, to connect Hashem through His physical world, through Yayin, through Mishta, through Simcha, through Seuda, the levels that we can reach, even in this world, the potential. And by the way, it's not easy to do. It's much easier to have a Tainus, to have a Tzom, to fast on Yom Kippur and to do that L'Shem Shemayim, than to indulge on Purim and to do that L'Shem Shemayim. That's the real trick, and that's the, and that's the secret of Yom Kippurim, the levels that we can reach on a Yom Kippur, seemingly immeasurable, and yet somehow it seems to pale in comparison, if you really think about it, it seems to pale in comparison to the levels that we can reach on Purim in our relationship with Hashem, what we could accomplish through recommitment to Torah, through, through kapara for shuva me'ahava, kapara for averos, Bain Adam Lachavero, the potential is is seemingly limitless. And it's not again, we're, we're not angels. We're people. And we know that angels, they're stagnant, they stay in one spot. And sometimes it feels as though Yom Kippur, you know, when you're on, when you're standing there on Yom Kippur, unless you do a really good job at, at fighting the current, you know, it's a Yom Kippur could be a very um, uh, it could be a very stagnant, it could be a very static sort of a level. When you're there, you're there. When you're not, you're not. But could you imagine if you can pull your growth in Avodah Hashem into the physical world? Not on a day where it's Yom Tov, where once the Kedusha leaves, you say Havdalah, and then all of a sudden everything's gone. There is no Havdalah on Purim. Interestingly enough, when we say Havdalah, we say the words Laihudim Haisa'ara Vesimcha Vesasim Vikar, which, yes, Kainti Alanu, I'll say it, but... Those words literally come from Purim, they come from the Megillah. When we're being Mavdil, being Kodesh Lechol, when we want to go into Chol, how do we do it? We apparently do it with the spirit of Purim. Whenever we're, you know, whenever we're being Mavdil, at least, um, at least from Shabbos at least, when we're going from Kodesh to Chol, apparently the Chol that we want to go to is Laihudim Haisar Vesim Chavasasan Vikar. We want to go to the Chol, which apparently is the Chol of Purim. The godless of Purim is not in the Kedusha, it's in the Chol, being Makadesh that Chol. And apparently, Purim is the hallmark done right. Purim is the hallmark for the Chol that we want to go to when we leave the Kedusha. When the Kedusha is, is fading away, when the Kedusha is leaving, when we're not able to hold the Kedusha anymore, what do we take into Chol with us? And apparently, 
what, when Purim is done right, that's what we want to have with us. And we don't make a Havdalah from Purim. We don't make a Havdalah from Purim because that's something we want to keep with us all the time. The Laihudim Haisar Vasimcha Vasasim Vikar is something that permeates Purim, and what it should also permeate is our everyday life. It's not something that, you know, Yom Kippur is not something you could do every day. Purim, in a certain sense, I wouldn't say that you can do it every day in terms of the level of indulgence, but we indulge every day in the physical world. And if you can do it on Purim, as much, and again, I'm not recommending anyone indulge the same way during the week on a regular day that they would on Purim, but if you could indulge on Purim in a way that's elevated, in a way that touches the levels of Kedusha, that you are Mekadesh Tuchol, following all the, the, the aspects of Ratzon Hashem, following the Shulchan Aruch crossing your T's, dotting your I's and your Avodah Hashem, you do all of that, and you could do it indulging in the world, then you could survive any day. You, could, you, can, you can serve Hashem any day. And it's not just something that you're, you, know, you get it once when you're on Yom Kippur, but you grow with it, and it grows with you. And you're, once again, your recommitment to Torah grows. Your tshuva, your kapara, your, your spiritual growth is, is exponential. It's something that, in, this, in the realest sense of the word, is immeasurable. And perhaps these are some of the secrets of the elevated level of not the Yom Kippurim, but Purim itself. And it's something that we could think about on Yom Kippur time. It's something that we could think about right now. And uh, we, we should be zocha to tap into and maximize all the potential that exists on not just the Yom Kippurim, but on the day of Purim itself. Have a Freilich and Purim, a Chag Purim, Smeach once again. And thank you for joining us here at the database.